0: Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louie Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged.
1: Four minutes.
0: Four minutes. Four minutes. Four minutes. Four
2: minutes.
0: Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. All right, coming off the loss of the San Francisco 49ers, 45-29 to in a massive beatdown in which the Cardinals didn't think McCaffrey or Debo Samuel needed to be guarded. Now they're going up to Chicago to take a far less off opponent. But they've got a quarterback who you never know what you're going to get. Jonathan Gannon, what do you think of Justin Fields?
1: He can make every throw on the field and when it's cold and rainy in Chicago like it's going to be. The wind doesn't matter because he's got a huge arm. He's extremely mobile. He's hard to tackle. Um, And his extension of plays is very productive.
0: Special shout out to 12 News' Cam Cox, who is always doing a live hit from the field. But you're in Chicago in December. Just go in the booth, Cam. No one will no feel bad for you. Kickoff Sunday in the cold and the wet at 225. Last night, Monday night football. Seattle against Philly. Seahawks a winner 20-13. Backup, Drew Locke. They're down. He's got an opportunity to come through as a hero. It was actually 20-17. The score was 17-13. With the ball spotted at the eight-yard line, there's only 152 remaining. And Drew Locke leads the team on a 10-play, 92-yard drive. Jackson Smith and Jigba makes an incredible catch on a 29-yard pass. Which which brings up the question, how in the world, Matt Patricia, on your first day call of plays, did you allow somebody to get behind the defense? Now with that win, there's a mess in the NFC. Tampa, Minnesota, the Rams, Seattle, and the Saints, all tied at 7-7. Seven seven. That's five teams for three spots. And the Falcons and Packers are only one game behind that big mess. Think about it. The Cardinals only had to win four more games, and they're a playoff. Off team, oh my goodness, Bradley Beal news the ankle not good out at least two weeks, more than likely three weeks. The second game that he misses with the new injury is tonight as the Suns are on the road at Portland, tip off at eight o'clock. Ah! Coyotes get one of the rare games where they have the easy opponent. Now, what are they going to do about it? Ottawa is the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and they're in town tonight for a game against the Yotes. Now, they're not the worst team in all of hockey. That would be the Chicago Blackhawks, is he? That's the worst team in hockey. It's not Ottawa, though. They're just the worst team in the East. Faceoff against them is coming up tonight. Now, St. Louis is taking on Tampa. Why do you need to know that? St. Louis is only one. One point behind the coyotes face off at Mullins at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow it is the early signing day in NCAA football. Three names to look out for for Arizona State. Running back Jason Brown. He's out of Seattle, and he's been offered by, excuse me, out of Oregon, and he's been offered by both Alabama and Georgia. Imagine winning that battle. Tight end Jaden Fortier, best player in Oregon, and Plas Johnson. Why Johnson? We went to Chaparral and played right here on WTSM-TV. Oh, yeah. And finally... Three armed men run into a check cashing company in Commerce City, Colorado after parking their car right in front of the strip mall. They rob the place with masks on. Luckily, everybody's okay. Then, when they run out of the store, they realize there's a problem <laughs> somebody stole their getaway car. <laughs> The three bad guys come running out with their masks on, ready to escape with the cash, and another unrelated bad guy saw, hey, there's just this car running out front. I'll take it. <laughs> two of them tried to escape on foot, and they, they, they weren't very fast. There's a third guy still on the lam, and of course, so is the guy that stole the car. Police are laughing while they're looking for the other two. Jackpot, Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to unplugged at whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civic the restaurant, and another 15% off in the Pro Shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the Pro Shop, get bowls a shirt and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at whirlwind golf club at wild horse pass go to unplugged at whirlwind.com and feel the wind
2: i'm janelle general manager of bell's nashville kitchen aka the whiskey wizard bells isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food we are a scratch kitchen with chef inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of arizona our nashville hot chicken sandwich now the drinks i spend days infusing our own whiskey creations Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky tonk brunch.
0: Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home all right there are two groups of people that really need to figure out life group number one the rubberneckers of society what are you trying to see over there on the side of the road like do you want to see the dead body laying out there drive look forward and drive group number two is those of you that want to drive fast until you're the lead dog and then you slow down screwing it up for everybody that got over for you good morning Good afternoon, good evening. Whatever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merc. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. How are you? Uh, I do this with very great respect to my friend Angel, my friend Mark, and everybody at Burrito Express. Okay? Great respect. Please understand that before you see any actions on the camera. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. I got a hat from Burrito Express, and that's the, oops, and that, man, it's been a while since I screwed that up. Uh, it's on this, this side of the screen, um, but this, the logo is fine, yet the hat is like totally unworn, and it just, with, with an unworn hat, it's got to be beaten in a little bit, so I, I had to do that to uh, get things going. Yeah, today, the drive-in, I uh, got here terribly late today. Uh, arrived I think 532 was the time that I walked in the door 532 uh normally here around 505 510 when I'm going for extra credit I'm here at 430 if I if I just feel exhausted and I get nothing done the night before I get up early and I come in if I'm feeling normal I get in at about 505 sometimes if if I get everything done so early um, in, in the evening, and then I said, well, I'm just sleeping in because I've got everything done, and then I, I don't waltz in until like 5.45, hey, everybody! You know, Izzy and Jeff Weir Production are already hard at work, and I just come walking in as if, hey, I'm the talent, I'll just show up when I want uh, if I got everything done. Today was not like that. Today was just late because of traffic. Uh, God bless anybody that was involved in the wreck. There was a wreck between 83rd and 75th Avenue today on my way in. But it brings up two types of people that that just drive me absolutely crazy. A is rubberneckers. Listen, don't go speeding by a wreck at 90 miles an hour and act like you shouldn't get over. Give our emergency responders plenty of room. At the same time, don't go 25 miles an hour and drive with your head turned so you can see it. What are you looking at? Now, if there's a passenger with you you and they look out the window, it's none of my business. I don't care. You're the driver. Drive. It was one of those things where the mess was backed up from 75th Avenue all the way to around Avondale Boulevard. If you're not a west sider, that might not mean much to you, but it's about three, four exits back. And it's between where the 101 uh, dumps out onto the 10. So you've got all the traffic from the 101 that's trying to go eastbound into town, flowing in at the same time that we're all backed up into a wreck. And as soon as we got, like, we're literally going 10 miles an hour for about five miles. And as soon as we get past the wreck, boom, not a soul, not a soul on the road. it was wide open, meaning we're all bottled together just so you can stare at the wreck. That drives me crazy. That's number one. Then number two is I am the lead dog. All right. I'm the lead dog in the left lane. And I don't mind being the lead dog in the left lane. So I'm going at the speed that I drive. Hi, there's a Fifth Amendment for a reason. So I drive at the speed I'm driving. And then the car behind me gets over into the, right, into the number two lane to the right. It's before the HOV is the HOV lane. So I'm in the HOV lane, but that's not the HOV lane yet. And then I notice that. And then another car behind him gets behind, and this car behind them keeps moving up one at a time. And now he's behind me and he like comes flying up behind me. Okay, You're, you're driving faster than me. God bless you. I get over for him to pass. Oh, he doesn't want to be the lead dog. He just wants to pretend he's all bark. So what does he do now? He slows down and he's going about one mile an hour faster than I am. So you wanted to be the man. So somebody else is 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 the pulling guard. Somebody else is blocking your way through the hole. So you think you don't get in trouble. But as soon as you're the top dog. uh Oh, now every time I approach somebody else that's driving slower than I am, I'm getting trapped by the Yahoo, who's too scared. So, I set the rules then. So, I got in front of him. I didn't cut him off, but I didn't do it nicely. And I got in front of him. I was like, listen, I'm going my speed now. Set my cruise, I'm done. You want to play your little games? You go right ahead and play your little games. But I'm done. And then I did the every time he tried to speed up and pass me. Now, I went, okay, you're not getting, you're not moving over here. You wanted to play your little game, and we've all seen you're not a top dog. You're not a lead dog, so I kept America safe today on my drive-in. Thank you, thank you. I'm sure, somebody has a different opinion of that, <laughs> but that was uh, that was my drive-in uh, today. I just i I can't stand the rubberneckers because you're gonna you're gonna hit somebody in front of you because you're looking over there. You don't know what's going on in front of you. So then I walk in today, and I said that, and Izzy says, "What's a rubbernecker?" And I said, "I." I explained what a rubbernecker was. He goes, oh, I'm a rubbernecker. So after I walked in and yelled, I hate rubberneckers, then Izzy just busted me by saying, well, I'm a rubbernecker. Well, I'm here to help Izzy and make sure he stops rubbernecking. So coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to play a new game with Izzy, and we're going to teach him all about rubbernecking so we can keep Izzy safe. That's right. I have a new game. I don't want to tell Izzy what the game is because I want to surprise him with the game. And I think we're all going to learn something. We're all going to learn something when we go through this game. Is it fair to Izzy? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's never fair to take a guy and completely set him up when he has no idea what's coming. And then what happens is it's, in a sense, a test of his knowledge, which is totally unfair to test somebody's knowledge when you didn't prepare them. But, but, hey, it's a a fun game. But the exercise is meant – to show you how little people really know what's happening right now in the NBA, and it's a question I was asked on 12 News off-air that I want to bring up on-air from Sunday night that I want to tell you about today, so you can
3: uh, so you can keep an eye on that and, uh, and and learn something I've and everybody got, please pray for me because it's very graphically involved
0: oh so, yeah you're so. a little nervous you're but the bar is not said high for this nobody's seen this before right that's for sure the bar is not said high, and i don't mean that as an insult to jeff as if it says well it's you jeff it's not like we we're expecting a lot i mean it more along the lines of i i want a cheesy graphic i don't expect it to be thrilling or special I just, I want the surprise element each time. So for those of you, by the way, I say this every now and then, uh, my downloads went back down again. Please help me out if you could. Find it, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, tune in, download it on your laptop, and then go to a different IP address, download it. Uh, or if you uh, can please keep, uh, every like General Stavo, General Mike, you guys are fantastic at this. But anybody that's on Twitter or Instagram, whenever you see my posts, please retweet it. Please keep the Unplugged Army moving forward. Help other people find me because it happens all the time. Just the other day, somebody uh, said, Doug, I, I had no idea you were still in town as, as we picked up a new member of the Unplugged Army. It's weird for those of you that knew the old show. It's been two and a half years uh, since I got fired. It's been that long since I got fired. And, and you know, like, that kind of shocks people technically my contract ran out in december of 2021 so therefore really it's two years since i was out of a job but it was um in august when i found out of 2021 that they let me go i actually found out a month ahead of time i've never told them that somebody else told me they don't need to know that though so that's between you and i i did think it was kind of crappy that i found out i was getting let go from somebody other than the people that were letting me go but again that's between you and i um, but I, I say that to you because think about how long it's been, and yet somebody didn't even know they were looking for me. But they saw a tweet. Uh, they saw my promo tweet that said, hey, this is coming up tomorrow. And they thought, oh, my goodness. Wow, Doug, you have, you're employed? Someone likes you? Like, well, I don't know, but, you know, about a, a few thousand people but not like it
3: was there's so, our promo validation
0: yes there is there is promo validation so they saw the tweet that i had put out that had the uh entertaining and i thought well you know what i'll give that a shot and now we have a new listener so please I, I don't know if they found me because they were following me and it just so happened the tweet hit right when they were looking at twitter or it might have been you that retweeted it, you know, and and as a member of the Unplugged
3: Army, and I thank you very much, and we picked up a new listener. I do have a question about the podcast, because I don't necessarily download it. Yeah. I subscribe to it on my podcast app on yes. my iPhone. Yes. But I don't download it. Does that count as downloads? Or? It doesn't, and I don't... When I say download, I don't... You don't actually have to...
0: If you hit the button download, man, that really helps. But... Just hitting play is what helps. Oh, okay. So if you get it and you see it, even, even if you say, you know what, Doug, I don't like you, but I like Jennifer, then just hit play. Just hit play and, 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 as, and wait till the number changes. And as long as it changes, and I mean like you can't hit stop while it's still zero, while it's trying to find it on the web. But as long as it changes and you hear dun-dun-dun-dun-dun and you hear Kyler talk and say four-minute off, four-minute off, then boom, you count and and i'm now important so
3: yes that would help me immensely jeff for your production because that's what i do when i listen to it i just i because i'm subscribed to it and it's the only podcast i'm subscribed wow, to. wow thank you thank you so when i go listen i just hit play and and listen thank you yeah. did you ever did you ever uh run into a situation while you're listening where you go
0: i had no idea that happened oh yeah <laughs> really because mm-hmm. you're so busy in there yeah yeah for now, sure. that's funny <laughs> 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 well don't worry i uh, i try to do this for you I try to protect you and I, if you and I really screw up on the TV podcast, TV show, mm-hmm. and it just sounds stupid, I take it out. Yeah. Now, if it sounds funny, then we deserve the beat down and, and, <laughs> and let's be entertaining and our screw ups are entertaining, which brings up something. Jeff, For production. I don't know if you want to do this. I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. Um, I have, let me, I don't even know how long it is. It'll take me too long to look it up. I have a blooper reel that's about 12 minutes long. Mm-hmm. okay i have made the decision and it's audio only i have made the decision because the weather is so nice golf is so important that i am going to do what i call vacation podcast next week so what vacation podcast means is i'm not coming in studio to do a television show and i'm not doing an every sport long form overnight podcast I'm going to sit down with my equipment. I'm going to talk for about 15, 20 minutes, tell you what I watched last night. I'm not going to take notes during the games. I mean, it's more going to be watching while I play games with the family, be a very laid back week, but I still want to put something up just to say thank you for listening. I could put the audio version of the blooper reel up on just the audio podcast or Since I'm starting my little vacation on Friday, we could have rebellious fun. And on Beer Thursday this week, yes, I'll still light the lamp, by the way, but it's going to be a Beer Thursday since I'm taking off Friday. On a Beer Thursday, we could play the blooper reel on television, even though there's no viewing. I kind of feel like if you're a television viewer on WTSMTV.com, you'd like to see something. And I don't know if you just want audio playing for 12 minutes that is funny. Or if you'd rather, Doug, save that for the audio podcast. Give me, give me a TV show on Thursday, Jeff. We're production. I give you the final vote on that.
3: I think we should do it. Really? Yeah. Okay. We can. Ta- I can take a uh, a little image of you that looks goofy or something, and just so they'll have something to look at. I got plenty of goofy images. Of do you? you? So yeah. Maybe I could just film the blooper now. <laughs> that would be interesting
0: and you could throw you could throw that in so i got that and then today I'm, I'm kind of excited and extremely nervous at the same time i have been asked i don't know if you remember this from town hall tuesday about three weeks ago i have been asked to speak at an eagle scout event coming up tonight so i'm going to be speaking at an eagle scout event now this is weird i um uh i'm a huge believer in what we call in my religion the holy spirit i don't plan a speech Whenever somebody asks me to talk, I don't plan it at all. I write, I would say about 15 minutes before I go up, I just say a prayer. And then I I hope, doesn't mean I'm not a human and I'm not doing a good job of being free and open to the Holy Spirit, but I hope it's just not me talking. Just the Holy Spirit says, this is what you're saying today. And it just flows out. The problem is they've asked me for a 15 minute speech. Listen, 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 listen. I'm the type. I can if I'm already there at what like it's my kid's event or I had to be there anyway. If something goes bad, just call me up and say, hey, will you say something for five minutes? Boom, I'll give you something. Sit back down. Everybody's happy, no problem. But to actually drive over where I'm going into uh, Phoenix uh, on 20th Street in the 51, uh, it's at St. Thomas the Apostle. Where I'm going, that's a long drive for. I'm gonna be in the car longer than I'm gonna talk. I don't know if I can keep it to 15 minutes. And when that's all you've been invited for, that means be quiet. We don't want you for very long. Just be quiet. And I'm like, I, I'm really nervous. How am I going to keep this to 15 minutes? I'm very nervous about this. So I think I'm going to bore a lot of people today. I, I'm going to call my shot. Plus, it's an Eagle Scout event. Do you know how many of those kids know who Doug from Doug and Wolf is? I'm going to ballpark it Zero. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you're an Eagle Scout, how old are you? 14, 15, 16? Somewhere in there? The the show started in 07. That was before they were born. And then it ended in 2021 when they were about 12, 11, 11, 12 years old. Unless Dad made them listen. And I don't know. Listen, as a 10-year-old, I enjoyed sports talk radio when I was in the car with my dad. But I never turned it on just to say, oh, I want to hear it. You know, it's like, oh, it was on. I know these guys. My dad listens, kind of thing. But I never actually found it myself. So that'll be kind of entertaining if, because uh, it's a bunch of adults that probably say, "Man, we want Doug Franz from Doug and Wolf," and then the kids are like, "Why? Who? Could you get me Taylor Swift or something?" I don't know. I don't know who they want, but I'm assuming it wasn't me. All right, uh, let's roll. Oh wait, I knew sound credits. Don't hit it. Good job, Jeff. We're production. Uh, sound credits today azcardles.com. And I think that's it. Did you guys have a chance to grab the uh, uh, interceptions from uh, Jalen Hurts last night? No. Okay. We did not. The Jalen Hurts interceptions last night? What Jalen, I love you, man. I love, I'd i rather have you than Kyler Murray. Okay. What were you doing? Like, wait, wait. I know. Don't, don't say, hey, he was sick. He wasn't. If you, listen, I do dumb things when I'm sick, too. But Jalen Hurts, what was that? He had two picks, both in the fourth quarter yesterday. They were bad, but they were bad. All right, let's roll. Doug's Big One. Doug's Big One today. We're going to talk Suns in about three minutes, and I'm going to talk a lot of Cardinals at 7 o'clock. But Doug's Big One today is just a quick Cardinals conversation, and I want you to just allow this to let you focus one more time about how bad Michael Bidwell and Steve Keim have run this organization into the ground. And a lot of you, and I'm not even faulting you, if you say, Doug, move on. Cliff and Keim are gone. Give Bidwill a break. I can understand that thinking, but it takes that long to build a franchise properly. And when you are an owner that allows Steve Keim to continually work as hard as he can till 11.30 every morning to prepare for a draft, you can't sit here and blame him all the time for how bad your talent is. It's you who weren't uh, strong enough to make the good leadership decisions that needed to be made. And it was Michael Bidwell who said that people hire these great offensive coordinators and then they just get another job. So we decided to skip the process and hire a great offensive coordinator. The guy was a miserable failure at Texas Tech. And I'm not saying it's easy to win a Texas Tech, but I am saying if you're 4-1, and 5-1 and one at the beginning of every season and you always end up barely 500, that's on the coach. So you saw all of the signs. No other college wanted Cliff Kingsbury. He was for three weeks the USC offensive coordinator. And then magically, you make him a head coach. That, and now you've stunted the growth of Kyler Murray because he's not a real-life pro quarterback. He's a college quarterback playing in the pros. That's still Michael and Steve's issue, okay? So I bring that up while I look at the NFC. You might have heard me say this in the four-minute offense. Do you realize two of these teams, will, one of these two teams, Tampa and uh, the Saints, they will, and possibly Atlanta, but they will win the, a, the NFC South. So they get in by winning the South. The other teams, Tampa, the Rams, uh, if Tampa doesn't win, uh, the, the Rams, Minnesota, and Seattle, they're all tied at 7-7. Seven and seven. So there's a five-way tie at 7-7 seven and seven in which three of the five teams will get into the playoffs. Does that make sense? There are two teams sitting at 6-8, and eight, only one game out, Atlanta and Green Bay. Why do I bring this up? The Cardinals, even though they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, do you realize they're only four wins away from being in this tie? That's it. Now, four wins in the NFL, that, that might sound like a lot. But when you look at the season that they've had and they're sitting here, I don't even remember what their record is. I'm going to ballpark it and say they're 3-12. and 12. At 3-12, and 12, that's all you needed? That's all you needed? And you look at all of the close games that they fell on their face that if Michael Bidwell would have done his job and fired Steve Keim a long time ago, if he would have promoted a highly respected and totally engaged and ready to be a general manager, such as, oh, I don't know, Terry McDonough, this team's in the playoffs this year. I'm not saying that the Cardinals are that great. I'm saying the NFC is this bad, and the Cardinals are still – one of the worst teams in the nfc arguably the second worst team in the nfc you could argue maybe the bears are worse i don't think they are i think the cardinals are the second worst team in the nfc and i'm shocked that they're the second worst i can't believe carolina is this bad i should know that david tepper might be the only guy in the nfl that's a worse owner than michael bidwell is but i just laugh at this today this team is not in the playoffs for one reason and it is Michael Bidwell and his ownership skills and why that they are such a below 500 team since moving to Glendale, which is a taxpayer-paid stadium in which we were told was going to bring wins by building. That's Doug's big one today. Uh, all right, coming up next, we want to have a, a little game with Isaiah Jackson. Izzy is on sports, 10 to noon, every weekday morning here on WTSMTV.com but I got something to bring to the table. Suns have a game tonight. I'll tell you who it's against. I'm going to bring up a little matchup, and we're going to have a little fun with Izzy and see if he knows his sons, because he is our Suns Beat reporter. And when you find out what this little battle's about, I think we're all going to get educated. And that's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com.
4: What I'm most proud of with 100 Mile Brewing is being in the city of Tempe, my alma mater. And I'm most proud of building community here. The city supports us. And it's really nice to have a business in a city where you are appreciated, you are welcomed, and it's really becoming a hub for locals. We have a lot of locals that come in. We're uh, residents that live right around. Businesses have happy hours here. And that was my dream is actually to open up a brewery as a community. Breweries are like an extension of your living room. So people come in here solo. They come in here with Their families. We have all generations. We had a 15 year old little baby in here one time that I befriended. He's walking now, and and we had a 98 year old birthday party in here. So it's just a welcoming spot for pretty much everybody. So if you are in the unplugged army, we need to be friends. There's thousands and thousands of you that I cannot wait to meet. So this is your spot. Doug's favorite beer. He likes a lot of them, but the favorite one is the A Mountain Amber Ale. So why don't you all come in? I invite you in. Ask for Sue. Ask for Todd, and we'll take really good care of you.
0: Hundred Mile Brewing Company. Fresh. It never gets old. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Um, one thing, I, I want to explain one thing about Twitter very, very briefly. Uh, first of all, Robert C A Z, I I got your tweet. That's funny. He says, play the blooper reel on Thursday. I don't care if there's no TV. Uh, okay. All right. We'll do it. Um, number two, this is weird. I'm not saying this. I'm giving credit where I don't need to, but I want to explain something so he doesn't think I'm a thief. I, right now, DeAndre Ayton is actually trending, and I scrolled through some of the trends to see why he's trending, and I wrote a tweet yesterday at about, I would say about 10 in the morning, 10.30 in the morning, something like that, and it was a comparison of stats, but I didn't schedule it to air until after 7.30 at night. In that time frame, a guy named Booker Muse tweeted out very similar stats. So on the one hand, I want to be clear, it makes it look like I stole the stats from him because I tweeted it out after he did. Booker Muse, great research by you. I want to give you credit, but I want to make sure you knew that I did not steal that from you because if I did borrow it, I would have retweeted yours. So I hope you know I have the class to retweet you. And I hope you didn't see my tweet and say, wow, what a jerk. You just tweeted it out as if it was your own. No, I had looked it up too. Jeff Weir Production is my, uh, is my eyewitness because I had told him what I wanted to do today to show a little something. Uh, and this is what we're going to do. Okay. Izzy Isaiah Jackson has no idea this is about to happen. So let's bring on Izzy and, uh, and play our little game. da 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 that is a game show music right there, if you were wondering. I like it, like it. Thank you. I just made that up, even though it might sound exactly like the University of Dayton fight song, which I grew up listening to. <laughs> okay, Izzy, this is what we're going to do. You are the official Sons beat reporter of WTSMTV.com. Very difficult job because beat reporters need to go to practice to develop relationships. And Izzy just happens to have a show right in the middle of practice and still works hard to be able to get those connections. Uh, to challenge you and your knowledge of Suns basketball, do you know who the Suns play tonight? Uh, Portland Trailblazers. Correct. Very good. Cool. You win prize number one. Tip off at eight o'clock. Prize number two. Who is the center for the Portland Trailblazers? DeAndre Aiden. Yeah, DeAndre Aiden. We're two for two. All right, well done. And who is the center for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Okay, now, let's shock the world a little bit. Here is the new game show choose your man all right kind of uh, kind of creepy i realize but choose your man here we go uh if you want to swipe left <laughs> there is deandre ayton on the left of the screen there's yusuf nurkic uh, on the right side of the screen they are not related now what we're going to do is i want from you is i want you to guess the stat all right we're going to start with points per game it's up to you you guess the stat who do you think is winning in points per game
2: Oh, man, I think I'm going to have to go because, I mean, DeAndre Ayton is getting a lot of criticism as of late, but I'm still going to have to go DeAndre Ayton on this one because I okay. think he's more valuable to Portland. Let's right see now.
0: which one. Who has the higher stat line for points per game? 12.5 for DeAndre Ayton. Nurkic <laughs> does not win. You are correct, Izzy. Well done. Well done. That's a, that, that shows you DeAndre Ayton. The skill of DeAndre Ayton in the post. Obviously, that's a trade that's going to come back to haunt the Suns because he is dominating Nurkic right now. Because at least once every three weeks, Ayton makes one more basket every month than, than than Nurkic does. Okay, so there you go. Twelve. Now, wait, get the graphic off here, <laughs> Jeff. we production. Izzy is not averaging more points than me. I told
3: me. you I'd screw that up somehow.
0: <laughs> no, the, the truth is, uh, Izzy. Uh, when did you play varsity basketball? Yeah. What uh, what, what year were you on varsity? What year? Uh, junior, senior. Okay, well, hey, we're even then, so that's not a compliment to you. <laughs> now, junior year, I just came in, fouled people, and had about five DNPCDs senior year I played every game but I still didn't play very I just came in fouled people jumped out of bounds and then if the ball was ever anywhere near the cheerleaders I always dove you know out of bounds (laughs) and then would help the cheerleader up and act like it was an accident Uh, your junior and senior year did you actually have like real life averages or did you
2: sit the bench oh well I was the rebounder pretty much so I averaged like three points but still had like seven rebounds a game
0: like it was, it was wow. weird. i was the rebounder too and i did not have seven rebounds a game so we will quickly move on since i've got nothing on Izzy. well okay how many home runs did you hit in varsity baseball oh just just one okay never mind it's one to one i thought i had something on izzy it's one to one i thought like come on i outweigh izzy by 150 pounds i figured i had more home runs than he did i only had one uh, as well you play Larry- football no, I played soccer in the fall. Okay, but you got me there. You got me there. Yeah, well I am not that I'm still comfortable. If I could catch you, I know I could tackle you very hard. Both soccer or football. The catch is I would want the football field to be about seven feet wide. Right. I, think, I, think, I think that's what what would be fair. Okay. Speaking of rebounds, let's go to rebounds. Back to the game show. Aiden on the left, Nurkic on the right. Rebounds per game. Izzy,
2: who is getting more rebounds a game? man. Uh. See, and I don't want to discredit Nurkic because I mean he's he's uh, he's down low. He's not. I don't want to say he's lacking in the rebounding side. Uh, I think I'm still going to have to go DeAndre Ayton on this one. I think DeAndre Ayton beat him for rebounds. Okay, DeAndre Ayton has 10.5 rebounds a game.
0: Nurkic has oh, 10.2. <laughs> so you are this two for much. two, and right now DeAndre Ayton again once every three weeks. He gets about a rebound and a half more than Nurkic does.
2: So th- clearly, this trade is working out for Portland. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was at least going to average twelve at least. Well, yeah, no, no, this no. is awful. Aiden, Aiden is barely a double
0: double guy anymore. But remember all the excuses when he was well, there don't no run plays for him. Yep. Well, he's got to show so much on the pick and roll that he's not able to get back for a rebound. All the excuses and let Nurkic is going. Okay, the next one. Now this one. I know Izzy's not even going to think about it, but we need to be fair, show an all-around game.
2: Assists per game. <laughs> Izzy, what are you looking at here? Oh, man, I think Nurkic definitely has all the pieces together to in terms of pieces. Devin, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker alongside right. of that. DeAndre Ayton and the Toilet Trailblazers struggling as of late. Uh, I'm going to go Nurkic. Okay, let's see what we got here. Uh, on the left...
0: 1.5 assists a game. Better better than Yinka Dare who had one assist in his entire career if you're wondering, but 1.5 assists for a Game Okay Nurkic Oh, there's domination. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, who's getting dominated? Domination. That is Nurkic. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast right now, 3.9 for Nurkic assists per game, 1.5 for Ayton. We're having fun, maybe a little bit at DeAndre Aiton's expense, but truthfully, Izzy, that's pretty impressive for Nurkic. You're right. He's got better shooters than Ayton, but the fact that he's at 3.9 and some of, the, some of those are real dimes. It's not oh, just yeah. getting rid of the ball
2: and somebody just happened to make a shot. Yeah, I mean I didn't even think he had that playmaking ability when he came onto the team, but yeah. I mean he, he's showing it off and I don't mind him at the top of the key anymore. Exactly. You know what? I,
0: I agree with that. All right, here's a here's a major challenge. I'm going to guess there are uh there are five categories. This is the only one I'm guessing that Izzy's gonna get wrong. I think he's gonna go
2: four and one. This is the one. Blocks per game. Oh, well, we already know about DeAndre Ayton's defense. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to have to go Nurkic on this one. I think Nurkic beats him in blocks. Okay, here we go. DeAndre Ayton, a massive,
0: almost a whole block. (laughs) Almost a whole block every game. Nurkic, you are correct. Half a block more per game for Nurkic, 1.2 to 0.7. So... I don't think I'm gonna get this one right I called Izzy would go four and one in this we have one more category and he's already four and0 oh. so now I'm a little nervous because I I don't think I'm gonna be able to set this one up and fool him in, in any way uh, without me setting this up uh, Jeff Weir production just give Izzy the category here so let's just show him the category and see if he's gonna struggle with this one category is salary salary all right.
2: Uh, Izzy, think about this long and hard. <laughs> Who has the bigger salary? Well, DeAndre Ayton just got paid, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe? I think I got to go D.A. Okay, let's see. D.A., how many billions of dollars a
0: year? Not overall. In one year, DeAndre Ayton makes 32
3: and a half.
0: That man makes 32 and a half million dollars a year. And Nurkic is in the poorhouse at... million a year. Now, as we study this for a second, again, these numbers in case that you forgot... 12.5 to 12.3 in points, Aiton wins. 10.5 to 10.2 in rebounds, Aiton wins. 3.9 to 1.5 in assists, 1.2 to 0.7 in blocks. Yet Nurkic makes almost exactly half as much as DeAndre Aiton. Now, would all of the people that yelled and screamed at me for five years of being down on DeAndre Aiton, please rise? (laughs) <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, in all fairness, and let's talk about a real discussion, the Suns do struggle in points in the paint. Yes, And it's clear Ayton is a little better at coming off of his man and showing a little bit better than what we're seeing from Nurkic. There still seems to be some confusion, but that's also chemistry. I think Nurkic is a little scared not of the other team. I think he's scared of telling – Deandre, or excuse me, telling Kevin Durant what to do. I think he's still a little nervous. Like you're the post guy, you're the big guy. You got to be able to yell and scream at Devin Booker. This is what you're expected to do because that's your job. You're
2: the quarterback of the defense, and I think Nurkic is still a little scared of that. Oh no, I can agree with that because and just looking at the comparison going to DeAndre Ayton, if he gets the ball in his hands down low, he doesn't hesitate. And it seems like when Yusuf Nurkic has the ball down low in the in the post, he's kind of like, well, I I guess I have to make a. I guess I have to uh, Make a decision here And it's like It's like half-hearted in a way So I don't really think He puts the 100% effort Down low in the post But the three ball It looks like he has All the confidence in the world To hit that And what's funny that you bring that up is because when I
0: said it shows you the difference between us because you were allowed to shoot is that when I said points in the paint, you immediately went offensively and I was thinking defensively. Oh, really? The other team is scoring a lot of points in the paint because when they put Nurkic in pick and roll, he kind of stays with his guy a little bit. So it, it's weird to say points in the paint and then talk about somebody that's six foot two, but it's the small guys that are getting in the lane against the Suns and hitting six footers seven because Nurkic is slacking off on his guy, while Aiton was better at just coming off his guy enough to force the guard to stay out of the paint and then get back on his guy normally. That's one area where Aiton is better. So, yes, I would like to see points in the paint go up, but I had to underline, how almost exact, other than assists, granted, to your point, there's really good players around Nurkic, but other than assists, these guys are doing the
2: exact same thing, and Nurkic is half the price. Yeah, cheap. yeah, he's cheaper. So I think still that's a win at that end. We haven't we have yet to question use of Nurkic effort as of late. So right, I mean right. I think we could throw that in there as well. That's very true. And that's the thing that people never understood about
0: DeAndre Ayton is If you just think of yourself at work, no matter where you work, if there is a guy at work that is uber talented and everybody knows he could be the best guy and everybody he's the best salesperson if he tried he's the best welder if he tried imagine a guy at the construction site who is always goofing around but once he gets focused for like three hours he's great at his job but you can't count on him because you have no idea if you're going to catch him napping under a desk or something like that that's exactly what it was with DeAndre Ayton the rest of the team they didn't want to pass him the ball is he because guess who gets the turnover if I throw you the ball and you don't catch it all right guess what happens I get the turnover right why I you were open it's your fault but no that's not the stats until you possess it it's still my fault until you possess it so every time DeAndre Ayton would drop it these guys get turnovers So guess what they don't do they don't pass him the ball
2: and I don't really blame him is he Exactly, and especially it's harder on the pick and roll because it's half-hearted like he's pretty much going It's half and half. He's barely letting uh, the the, He's he's barely letting the the defender pretty much go into his body touch his body ram it to the man DeAndre Ayton is kind of I won't say scared of contact But at certain times it just seemed like he just he wanted no parts of it whatsoever He couldn't get physical and that's that's just that you that's the worst thing you can have in your center in my eyes. I totally agree now uh now I have to think, do I want
0: to do this game again if you're going to go 5-0? Oh? <laughs> I, mean, I, was,
2: I was terrified. I didn't know what I was walking
0: into, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you dominated Name That Center today. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta give you all the credit in the world. I don't know if there's anybody else I ever want to uh, set you up with uh, player-wise In Name That Center, Name That Center Fielder, or Name That Whoever. I, I, I don't know if I can ever get a matchup like that again. But uh, that, was, uh, that was the premier matchup. Alright, free plug for yourself because you've got like three hours to Uh, to get ready even though you're a little busy working on the main event in that time what's coming up on ios today
2: Oh, yeah, I didn't introduce. We're starting the C-A-W-C. It's the Cardinals' ass-whooping countdown, Doug. Look, the Bears taking on the Cardinals. The Bears, look, I'm, for the next, what, couple days until Sunday, I'm just going to be completely negative on the Cardinals. We're just going to be talking down on them, and I'm just trying to speak as much positivity into the Bears so they can get this win. You know what's so funny about that? Since the Cardinals are local and I want
0: them to do well, I'm not a Cardinals fan, but I am a Cardinals supporter. There's too many people in in town that I care about that I know I want their lives to be happy I want their NFL team to do well the Bears are something that's kind of weird you know there's a lot of teams that you just hate like I hate the, uh, the other college from eastern Ohio okay I hate the Spurs I, I I hate certain teams I don't know how you could ever hate the Bears they're just so pointless like there's, pointless? there's yeah there's just no reason to hate them I mean that, that's what's so weird about it. like what do they do like like if, if the Bears went nine and nine and seven let like let's give them a big time compliment of course that's impossible nowadays so let's go <laughs> ten and seven if they go ten and seven are they really a threat no if they go five and twelve hey it's the Bears I, I mean it's just there's nothing there for anybody to even hate you're in this wonderful realm of being totally irrelevant.
2: In your entire lifetime, really, with the Bears, right? I mean, yeah, in a way. But then again, I came over to Arizona, and the Cardinals fans just hate themselves. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're talking about Kyla Murray. They hate their quarterback. They're, they guys, they're just so down on their team, it's hard for them to even speak positively on them. So, I mean, I'm just trying to make it easy. I'm trying to give them a reason to also hate themselves even more. Well, it's kind of,
0: it's kind of a weird deal because the Cardinals, every fan knows they have terrible ownership. the the Bears it's a little weird they have a wonderful human being that owns them but the people that she allows to be in charge have no idea what they're doing Yes, and it's never going to go away because uh, this woman's Virginia is going to live until she's 200 and God bless her I'm glad that she will but until she decides wait my family in the past is brilliant at football my family in the present and future will never be good at football hire somebody that's not related to you and that's never going to Happen. The Bears are always going to be this very cute and wonderful, cuddly six-win team. Always.
2: Hey, they're coming. They're coming though. Hey, look, this Are they coming too? What do you mean? What do you mean they're coming to Look, especially in the draft. First off, they're not going to draft a quarterback. We're just going to throw that out there. Justin Fields is perfectly fine. I think if anything, they're going to trade either that fifth-round pick to get something nice. And look, the Bears will be on the rise. I'm not going to say they're going to make a Super Bowl anytime soon. I'm not going to go that crazy, but. They'll, they'll put the world on notice. They'll look like the Detroit Lions in a couple years. Coming up every – think about how far you've fallen. <laughs>
0: how far has life sunk for the Bears where they look up and say, we're going to be the Lions someday?
2: Look, as long as the Cardinals are underneath us, that's all I care about. That's all I care about so far. (laughs) Uh, Coming
0: up today, I believe it's 1 o'clock, Jeff Weir Production, if I'm right. Um, No, no, it's at noon. Uh, Is is Hanging with Coop, right? Coming up at noon? That's right, yes. Uh, I'm bringing that up because of this reason. There's a segment on that show called Coop's Island, where Bruce Cooper comes up with an opinion where Jeff, his old producer, just sits there and mocks and laughs and is like, no one will ever have that opinion again. Because it's so outlandish. The uh, joining today, Coops Island, is now this little sailboat all by itself with Izzy in (laughs) it.
1: Because I just heard
0: him say, we are not drafting a quarterback. I don't really have an issue with Justin Fields either my issue is how does anybody know how good he is when you rotate ignorant fools at offensive coordinator all the time what do you expect from the guy so I'm I like I accept that but at the same time Justin if you did well maybe the offensive coordinators wouldn't be rotating through all the time. But to actually stick your neck out so far to say the Bears are not selecting a quarterback, that's that's huge onions right there. Is
2: I mean, why go through the cycle of keep ruining quarterbacks to your statement? Why we're going to just keep ruining quarterbacks question, and the cycle continues? Because then you have to pay them. Like this, Now you've got to pay Justin Fields. But now we got to get rid of Luke Getsey, the guy that's pretty much if, this whole season, it's just been a huge question mark. I mean, kind of I'm surprised he hasn't gone as of now. Yeah, a, yeah. Just with everything that's done. So I feel like you get him out the picture and we'll see what Justin Fields really has and then we can move on from there. Cardinals fans, this is really important to you. Listening to what Izzy has to say, even though we have
0: zero idea if Izzy's on a little sailboat near Coops Island or if he's actually right on this, but here's why. I think a lot of you know this, but in case you're don't the Carolina Panthers are owned by one of those billionaires who's brilliant in everything except being an owner of a football team David temper's an ignorant fool as an NFL owner okay not a normal life but as an NFL owner well Carolina decided we want the Bears to do well here's everything we own for one quarterback and now it's blown up in their face so the Bears should have the number one pick in the draft thanks to Carolina and then the Patriots and Cardinals are battling it out for the number two pick If it so happens that the Bears get the number one pick and they actually want to stay with Justin Fields, that does kind of hurt the Cardinals a little bit because then people are all giving their best trade offer to get to the Bears pick. And then you're now coming up saying, hey, come trade with us and go get the number two guy. The one nice thing about that, if you make sure to do worse than the Patriots, is that there's a massive debate on who the best quarterback is in this draft. And I, I'm one of the few people in the world that think it's May. Now, I'm not standing on the table demanding that it's May. I think if I'm just comparing athleticism, I'd rather have Caleb Williams. But there's one thing that I just can't get through my head. He doesn't remind me of Jameis Winston as a quarterback, But he reminds me of Jameis Winston as a turnover machine. (laughs) Nobody fumbles like Caleb Williams. So if you're a believer in, oh, my gosh, you know how easy that is to correct? We can correct that. Oh, my gosh, run with Caleb Williams. Go. Go get Caleb Williams. I'm not a believer that you can just magically fix turnovers. I think it's in his DNA. So I would rather have May because I believe I can fix his footwork. And if I can fix his footwork, suddenly I think I've got a little gem. Now, here's my total curveball for you. When we look back at, like, no, like, imagine how idiotic I would, well, I don't have a job, but how I would have lost my job if I would have come out and said, I think in this draft, Brock Purdy's the best quarterback. I mean, imagine how idiotic that would have been as a statement. So I'm going to make another one now, five years from 2024. I'm going to say in 20, how about four years? In 2028, I think Bo Nix is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. Oh, really? Now, would I draft him in the first round? No, I wouldn't. Even though what I just said, because I'm not saying I think Bo Nix is going to the Hall of Fame or anything. I just look at up and down the quarterbacks, and Bo Nix is somebody that's safe. He's not going to turn the ball over all the time, and to me, he's just like Brock Purdy. He's going to get the ball to the best weapons, and as long as you've got a good general manager, you're going to win with Bo Nix. So if I'm a team like the Bears, I draft myself a Marvin Harrison. I draft myself a pass rusher. I draft myself... Uh, t- I trade down a little bit and take Alt out of Notre Dame. I get a tackle. I do that. And I turn around in the second round and I draft Bo Nix. You also draft Bo Nix? Yeah. And I let him sit for a year under Justin Fields and let just. and if Justin Fields proves me wrong, fine. It's just like the Kirk Cousins situation in Washington, because they actually drafted Kirk Cousins. And then you could have traded anybody you wanted if your starting quarterback flamed out. So you can either trade Justin Fields or trade Bo Nix. If he starts lighting it up, but you still believe in Justin, fine. I would still go after Bo Nix, but I would just do it
2: in the second round. Now he's even cheaper. See, I don't, I don't mind that idea. I don't I actually like it, but it's just the fact of I just – Right now, I'm in the headspace of – is 40% or even the, yeah 40% Justin's fault and I'm putting 60% on coaching so that's fair. I'm not really 100% sold on finding Justin Fields his replacement as of late and that's gonna come back to bite I can admit that's gonna come back to bite me in the future if he flames out and he's just completely terrible but right now the way I'm seeing it in these games I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to move on from Justin yet
0: it won't kill you if they crush this draft because right. then all you've done is bring in talent for the next quarterback unless you end up screwing up and, and one of the quarterbacks in the first round dominate. Remember, the, this is why it's amazing these people still get to make all these decisions. The number one pick, uh, 2017, maybe? I'd have to go back and look. Baker Mayfield. Would you trade anything for Baker Mayfield right now?
2: No. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Sam Darnold was number two in that draft, Uh, Josh Allen was around number four in that draft, and I believe Josh Rosen was number 10. So everybody had a debate who was the better quarterback. And now imagine how dumb you would look if you walked into a sports bar today and said... Uh, by the way, I think Josh Rosen was the best quarterback in that draft. I think everybody messed up, and oh, don't forget the one of the MVPs of that draft was Lamar Jackson, chosen number thirty-two. He wasn't even in the, in the debate for the top four quarterbacks. Yeah. So that's that's all, and then of course Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant. So that's all the br- not not in the same draft, but you get the point. Right. That's all the brilliant guys making quarterback decisions. Yeah. So yes. If, we end, if, if May ends up being the greatest quarterback in NFL history, yes, the Bears are idiots. But <laughs> nobody has stood on the table and argued that May's the best quarterback in NFL history upcoming. So you're not wrong um,
2: unless you just passed up a Josh Allen. Right, yeah, and that's, that's the crazy part. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm more than happy to pass up on a Caleb Williams. I'm, I'm sick of seeing the Photoshop pictures of him in a Bears jersey because, no, he's, he's not, he would not work out as a Chicago Bear. And I'm kind of actually kind of considering if he's even worth a first-round yeah, pick. yep. Yeah. And lastly, uh, Jeff Weir Production and I would just like to tell you thank you
0: for never swiping left on us. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I've always thought there's going to be a day where Jeff or I did something, and then Izzy's Izzy is so nice he wouldn't tell you. Go, oh yeah, that's fine, that's fine. And then all of a sudden you're watching
2: swipe left. Doug came in and asked for this, and, swiped, and, I, and then I get swiped. I did have you a factor foolishness, but I didn't. I didn't have you on a uh, swipe, swipe right. <laughs> I, I've I've only
0: made one level of, of ignorance, but I haven't made the. Uh, next one. All right, have a good show today, Izzy. Oh, appreciate you absolutely. Isaiah Izzy Jackson coming up ten o'clock this morning on iOS in an hour it'll be the show that he helps to produce the main event Steve McCollum Dale Hellestray, as they'll be here hopefully you enjoyed our new game show name your center between Yusef and Nurkic and uh, DeAndre Aydin again Three-tenths of a point different in points per game. Three-tenths of a point different in rebounds per game. A whole four to one and a half in assists per game and a half a block better for Nurkic for half the money. (laughs) Out of all of those stats, the one that should still punch you right in the face. DeAndre Ayton makes $32 million a year. $32 million a year. $32.5 million a year. Now, here's going to be even funnier. He makes more than Madison Bumgarner. (laughs) (laughs) And does about the same thing. Just about. He only averages 10 more. What is it, 10? 12. He only averages averages 10 more rebounds a game than Madison Bumgarner did for the Diamondbacks. And he gets paid almost twice as, not quite, but almost twice as much. That's a that's just incredible. The money in the NBA is incredible. DeAndre Ayton makes thirty. Like it's all Disney money, right? And I don't mean Disney is as, as if they're paying. I just mean, well, kind of is because ESPN's contract. But I mean, it's all fantasy land. It's all monopoly money. Like when we, like, how desensitized are we to really what a million dollars is? And then just, just let this. It's just crazy to think about. Let this, let this wash over you. Once a month, once a month, that man, DeAndre Ayton, gets a check for a little bit, now granted taxes, but his gross is a little bit under $3 million a month. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that just incredible? Every month, not a year. Every month, he makes about three million dollars. Actually, a little bit more than three million dollars. So, therefore, how many of you, if you get paid, let's say you're on a, on a company that you get paid every two weeks, okay? You get paid every two weeks, so you have 26 pay periods a time. Uh, this man, every pay period for at your company, is making over a million and a half. You get a check. <laughs> Did my check come in and direct deposit? You think those guys even check? I don't think they even check. $32 million for DeAndre Hayden. Like, I don't even care what Booker makes to you. I, I don't. Booker is loyal. He's been here forever. He works his butt. I don't care how much Booker makes. That's one thing athletes never understand when we talk about salaries. And I totally mean this. We don't care how much you make. Legitimately, when you work hard, we understand we're there. Okay? We understand. When you work hard, do whatever it takes to win and you succeed, go ahead and, and get paid. Does anybody feel like, oh no, Mikael Bridges didn't deserve his his raise? I don't. I've never thought about that. I don't care how much Zach Gallon makes at all. Merrill Kelly pitched in the Korean baseball organization in order to prove to Major League Baseball he deserves it. I mean, think about the the, the path of Merrill Kelly, if you didn't know. Drafted out of high school, incredibly low, wasn't in for This is off the top of my head, so I might get a couple facts wrong. Then went to Yavapai Community College. Didn't get drafted where he wanted to, so he went back for a second year. Didn't get drafted where he wanted to, so he went to ASU. Did I think he went to Sunny Slope High School, if I have to look it up. Then didn't get drafted where he wanted to out of a, uh, out of ASU and then stayed again, and then he got drafted by the Rays. But the Rays weren't moving him up the ladder and wanted him to be a reliever. They weren't overwhelmingly impressed. So then, even though nobody wants him, he goes to the Korean baseball organization to prove that he can pitch. After doing well in Korea, what did the Major League Baseball teams do? One. His hometown Diamondbacks said, we'll give you a couple bucks if you show up at spring training and pitch a little bit. It's called a non-roster invitee. It means you're not good enough for us to kick somebody else off the team. But we'll, let, we'll give you a little uniform. We'll put your name on the back of it. We'll even do your laundry for you. And you can throw a baseball for us in spring training. And eventually he makes the team, gets paid major league minimum, then major league minimum, then major league minimum. Finally signs a contract and sets up his family. Does any of us care? You know, I don't care what size of house in Paradise Valley he has. Because he's earned everything. Now, I understand we're a little bit demented as Americans, and let's be fair. A lot of people, when they argue about taxes or other jobs, they'll say something like, I can't believe we're paying athletes this much money while teachers make blank. Okay. I'm not arguing teachers, police, firefighters, our military all do a 400 times more important job than athletes do. But that's our fault, not the athlete's fault. When I say our fault, I'm not joking when I say this. How many of you have ever bought tickets to watch a teacher? That's what I mean by it's our fault. I, I'm not blaming anybody. But look at what we do as a society. I'm a sports talk show host. Think about that for a second. Are there any teacher talk show hosts? Does anybody spend hours ranking the teachers at our different schools and say, this is a top 25 list of teachers, you know, And, and everyone's, oh, that's awesome. We imagine if you could buy season tickets to watch people teach and they taught in big auditoriums and we're all watching how they do. And then a teacher makes a mistake. Oh, come on. And then they have to have a two minute warning before the bell. And now it's a hurry up teaching session. Like we don't do that to people, Right. So, the pressures are different. That's the different situation. That's why there's so much money in sports. I don't apologize for it, I don't, but I don't try to justify it either. I just say, that's where we are. That's who we are. And I don't complain about it. I bring that up for the reason that when we talk about the monopoly money, the play money, the shock and awe of the money that's there, I, I just let that wash over myself, too. But every now and then, you look at somebody and you go, DeAndre Hayden's making $32 million. And that's when it does kind of go, wow. Wow. I mean, I love God. I love God. But I do have to ask, why not a seven-foot, four-inch version of Doug Franz. Like, what would that have hurt? What would that have hurt? That would have hurt nobody except my knees, and I would have sacrificed. And you know what I would have done for America? I would have brought back the skyhook. I love you, Cap. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Doug Franz. I don't think you can tell us apart in a crowd, like if we're in a lineup. Same guy. All right, coming up next... (laughs) Let's talk Cardinals. <laughs> can you tell I got a vacation coming? Can you, can you tell a little bit? There's just a lot of things floating around. Just like last Friday, hopefully a very entertaining show that's somewhat unproductive but entertaining. What did Jonathan Gannon have to say about the Bears? He said, you're wrong, Izzy. I think that's a direct quote. That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwood Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on
5: WTSMTV.com. Burrito Express started with my father about... 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area. Literally, started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, "Let's do this." Went and found his first location, and believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Ah.
0: Just looked over to my left at Twitter and uh, President Franklin is trending. And I admit I that had me uh, that that had my goat. I had to, I had the bait. I took the bait. I had to click on it. And they were talking about FDR which I would have referred to as President Roosevelt, but they were saying President Franklin to kind of fool me. And then somebody had a picture of Benjamin Franklin, who was not a president, if you didn't know. But it does make me laugh of, the, uh, of a funny story in, in the Franz family, if you're wondering. Uh, I, you didn't ask for it, but you can, you can have it really quick. Is uh, I, I believe in order to raise a patriot, you need to teach your kids American history. So I raised my children in which I would show them cash and they had to name who was on it. And uh, you can imagine uh, the life that I was living. um, We didn't talk a lot about President Grant or Mr. Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they knew, oh, George Washington, first president of the United States. Oh, Abe Lincoln. And then I would impress people when they got, when I showed a $10 bill, and they go, oh, Alexander Hamilton, the first secretary of the treasury. And everyone's like, oh, wow. And they look at me like either I'm a wonderful father or a horrible person that's beating this information into their kids. So I'm doing this showing off to my wealthy uncle one time. Oh, look, George Washington. Oh, Alexander Hamilton. And when they got Alexander Hamilton, right, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulls out a $100 bill, shows it to young Vienna, the 23-year-old who was probably four at the time. And you, you know the old phrase, kids say the darndest things. She looks right at Benjamin Franklin, and then she looks at Uncle Dan and says, I've never seen that guy. <laughs> yeah, anyway, well, Uncle Dan, there's Daddy. It's, it's, it's a little different world, a little different world. All right, let's talk Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals at Bears, 225 uh, on Sunday. Weather is supposed to be horrible. And it's interesting to bring up the weather aspect of this game. And the reason why I do is I can't wait to see what that does for Kyler Murray. His small hands, accuracy-wise, could be a problem. The field conditions, which have gotten a little better at Soldier Field, but for years, Soldier Field and Heinz Field, I forget what it is, Aquashore or something? But when it was Heinz Field, they would fight it out to see who could have the worst field. I mean, it was terrible, okay, how bad the field conditions were at both places. Lately, the Cardinals, like the last three years, have had one of the worst fields in football. But anyway... They're going up there, and it's ai I can't wait to see who has the advantage. With Kyler Murray's speed being totally nullified by the field conditions, you, you might be taking the gift of his legs away from him. That means he's a dead duck. Or it could be the exact opposite. And I admit, I don't know. I would say that man has the greatest phone booth moves in the history of football all right history of the game his ability to do that little quick shimmy that totally destroys you as a player i mean the the, the blooper reel of tacklers when he gives them the quick shimmy is nobody decelerates and reaccelerates like kyler murray does and if you're doing that on a terrible field, I wonder does the shimmy fall down or does the shimmy fall down? New words. I, I don't know. I don't know who's gonna have the advantage, but I'm telling you, if I'm a linebacker and I'm already on point geared up to try to handle Kyler Murray and he does that shimmy, I'm down. There's no there's no way I'm keeping my feet. Now Grant, I, I couldn't keep my feet if there was nobody trying to fake me out I was trying to fake out a table I'd fall down but the point is who's going to have that advantage so that's going to be a huge key to this game is actually the weather Um, I don't want to set this one up this is the first quote from Jonathan Gannon it's basically just you know his kind of open to uh to the press conference I'm not going to say it bothered me but it did concern me I think my my range would be concern not bothered But I want to know what you think. So no setup. Here's Jonathan Gannon at the beginning of his Monday presser.
1: I mean, disappointed, you know. Um, But go through our normal process. Here's the good, here's the bad. Here's what we got to do better. And um, so made those corrections. And then uh, talked to him about expectations again, which doesn't change. That's every Monday. And uh, on to Chicago.
0: Jeff, for production. I'm going to stick you with this one. Okay. When you heard that right there, whether it was earlier this morning or if it was just, hey, I'm just putting in the sound, I'm not paying attention, or whether it's right now and you were kind of paying attention, what do you hear when you hear him say, hey, you know, it's a normal Monday. We take a look at it. We figure out what we did right. We figure out what we did wrong. We talk to the guys about it. We correct our mistakes.
3: We move on. We get ready for Chicago. Um, what does that say to you? It almost says to me that they've got an easy opponent coming up and that he doesn't seem to be worried about much.
0: Wow. I am so glad I asked you that question because I did not hear that, and I'm not I'm not telling you you're wrong at all. Now, coaches never think – well, I shouldn't say never. They rarely think like that. But it is true. If there's ever an opponent that's equally as bad as the Cardinals – yeah, Izzy, I said that. I should
3: say easier opponent than yeah, the 49ers.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting point. Here's why this concerned me, and I admit, I, don't, I know Jonathan Gannon didn't mean it this way, but gosh, it sounded like it. To me, it sounded like the Cardinals accept losing. I'm not talking about looking forward to the Bears. I'm talking about our process doesn't change. Okay, we lost. We're going to look at what we did right, look at what we did wrong. We're going to focus on fixing it, and we're going to get ready for the next opponent. And I know what he's saying. I know he means it in this way. He means it as if I don't care if we're 3-11, or is that right? 3-11 and would be 14, meaning you have three games left. I got that right, finally. Uh, they are 3 Well. I know they have three wins. I know they play seventeen games. So that would mean they've had to have lost four if they've got three left. So finally got the math right. So they're three and fourteen. I think he's saying, I don't care if we're three and fourteen or we're fourteen and three or where we are in the stats, or if we're three and eleven right now and we're going to be three and fourteen, or if we're eleven and three, hoping to become fourteen and three. I don't care what our record is. Our process is we're going to study hard what we did right on Sunday, try to repeat it study hard what we got wrong on Sunday, try to fix it, and we're going to get ready for the next opponent. I know that's what he means. But man, did that sound complacent to me. That really sounded like, yeah, you know, we're not going to change. And I kind of look at that and say, what's going so right that you don't see a need to change? Now, I want to be fair, because my opinion on this one, I accept it if you think that's unfair. I I do. Because I am putting a little bit of words in his mouth. And it's not like they can suddenly get better players. It's not like suddenly Michael Bidwell and Steve Kime put together a great roster. And Monty Osenfort and and Jonathan uh, uh, Gannon are screwing it up. Okay? You can't suddenly make the team magically better after how bad Steve Kime was at his job. It takes a long time to get this problem fixed. So therefore, by me making that sound complacent, it's like, what? It doesn't matter what happened Sunday. We've got to fix what went wrong, celebrate what went right, get better. Doesn't matter if we lost. we got to do it again. The reason why I kind of hear a little bit of complacency is I do hear like, hey, we're used to losing. And what bothers me so much is if your focus is here's what we did right, here's what we did wrong, let's fix what we did wrong. Let's look back at the last 49ers game. You went into the game in San Francisco and either had a game plan that said Christian McCaffrey is not a threat or you were terrible at executing the game plan that said Christian McCaffrey is a threat. So what did you do differently in this game? Instead of getting beat by Christian McCaffrey in your home game, you got beat by McCaffrey and Samuel. (laughs) Like, what, what part of the game plan worked? What part did you get better from the previous time you played the 49ers? What part of the game plan was better designed? What, that, that's on coaching. What part of the game plan was better executed? That's on coaching and playing. What part of the effort stood out? That's on players. I'm kind of struggling on that one a little bit, Jonathan. So if you don't mean that in the complacent way, if you mean that as if, hey, we're going to have the same process every Monday. We're never going to change. Obviously, that element of not changing did not work after comparing game one against the 49ers in game two. Now, it's not like the 49ers didn't come into game one and two as far superior as the better team. Okay, we know that. We know that there's a reason why Vegas looked at the two teams and said 49ers by 12, all right? There are, I mean, you know how rare it is in the NFL you're a double-digit home underdog? I mean, that that is the biggest insult Vegas could ever give you. They're basically saying you don't belong when you're a double-digit home dog. That's how insulting that is to a team. And we all know it was totally fair. So I'm accepting the 49ers are that much better. But I just can't get over how Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel get that open when we all know, hey, stop those guys. Stop those guys. I mean, if I'm a defender and they all say, hey, do your job, do your job, I don't care what your job is as an individual. I don't care if I'm a 350-pound nose tackle. If nobody's going out there with Debo Samuel in motion, fine, then I'll do it. Fine, somebody. Because somebody guard that guy. Rule number one, cover Christian. Rule number two, Mark McCaffrey. Rule number three, stop Samuel. If we get beat by George Kendall and IU, hey, okay, they're good. That's fine. Okay, they're a good team. But can we at least stop those two guys? All right, sorry, I got, I got on a little bit of a roll there. Um, this next one is a real interesting conversation. I don't want to tell you what it's about. I just want you to absorb it. And then... I'll tell you what he's talking about, and I think you're going to be a little surprised.
1: Yeah, I do think it can get better, but I do think that that's an area where collectively and individually our guys have improved. Um, you know and all 11 go into the pass game kind of but whether it be you know five six man pro action game I think they're doing a good job and what you're seeing I think is the communication has gotten cleaned up and guys technique when in one I mean those they had some good rushers over there we blocked them pretty good Um, so you feel good about you know putting some guys one on one in known pass to be able to win one on one and that's what our guys did so I do think we have taken steps forward with that. I always think it can get better. Uh, when I see the quarterback on the ground, you know, I always think it can get better, but uh, they're doing a good job with it. Clayton and Cookie are doing a good job. He's talking about the offensive line
0: and pass protection. And I think this is a really important conversation. I have been really down on the O-line almost all year, and there's been some bad beats by the O-line. And I can show you a lot of film that proves me right. But some of the film I can't show you to prove me right is from Sunday. When you look at the skill of the front seven of the 49ers, and I'm not going to say it was a totally clean game for Kyler Murray, but I think compared talent-wise, i got to give some credit to this offensive line for how they played against the 49ers. Again, not even remotely perfect, but If you compare talent level and then versus production, I would favor the Arizona Cardinals in that matchup. Now, if talent was even, I would have went with the 49ers. I would have said the 49ers got the better of the offensive line as a whole. But I don't think they got the better of the offensive line to the talent gap. Hopefully that makes sense. Jeff Weir production, did that make sense? What I'm explaining? Yes. It okay. Did. Good. And, and, and because that's a that's a weird point to make. Yes, the 49ers won front seven versus offensive line, but they didn't win it often enough that justifies just how better they are than than the Cardinals. So I want to give the Cardinals offensive line credit, but what he's talking about is the level of communication. And I saw a guy that sent out a tweet was a big Kyler Murray uh, supporter and ripped people like me who aren't Kyler Murray supporters and argued, look at the receiving core. Look at the receiving core. The years that he had, the games that he had a healthy DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. (laughs) (laughs) The years they had DeAndre Ayton at center, they should have had Nurkic. No, sorry, Froholt, if uh, if you think you're better than Ayton too, which you might be. In the years that he had DeAndre Hopkins, look at the offensive production versus not having DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to flip that on you a little bit. I don't think it's DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's Rodney Hudson. I never met Rodney Hudson, so I want to be clear. I can't give you – I can only give you circumstantial evidence. But in talking to a couple offensive linemen when Rodney Hudson played and in talking to a ton of scouts, executives, and one coach – The things they talked about of Rodney Hudson's football IQ, that's the center that the Cardinals traded to get from the Raiders quite a few years ago. That man is a brilliant NFL center. And when he was in charge of the blocking protections, he took that off the plate of Kyler Murray. And I don't think Kyler's great at that. I think that's a level, this is insulting to Kyler, and I'm not even trying to, but the blocking protections are a level of football IQ that you're just not going to get running a college offense. Number two, that does take a ton of film study. That takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of mistakes. It, centers are some of the smarter people in the world, let alone smartest football players. Centers are really intelligent. Rodney Hudson was great at it. So when suddenly you've got Rodney Hudson there calling out the protections, he makes everybody else better. I have never been impressed with DJ Humphrey's football IQ. Never. Very good guy. Very good leader as a human being, but not a football savant. And I don't think he was joking every time he would say, Rodney just told me what to do. (laughs) And that was it. And suddenly the whole offensive line bet is better, and now Kyler's better. And I look at the individuals of this offensive line, and I don't think they're playing well as an individual. But I do want to say, Gannon knows what he's talking about right there. They did have a good game against San Francisco. I'm starting to believe something, and uh, you might think this is crazy. I-, I haven't seen a lot of, gosh, what was his name? Oh, my gosh, I forget his name. So sorry. There was a center, or excuse me, a guard that the Cardinals drafted about 11 years ago. His first name was John. He was out of North Carolina. It's funny. I know jersey numbers, and I know the schools, and a lot of times I forget the names. That's what kind of like if you're a nick. Like, I don't even care what your name is because on draft day, somebody else will say the name. I just got to get your number and your school right. And then, okay, that's the guy. But they drafted a guard who was a massive failure. But he broke his leg in the preseason. And I tell you what, as a rookie, he had a fantastic preseason. Fantastic preseason. And he broke his leg 30 or 40 yards downfield from the play because he was downfield blocking. I bring up him to, for two reasons. One, to embarrass myself. But number two, I watch Paris Johnson Jr., I think he's got a little scattered feet, okay? I, I think there's a lot of blockers he should have been a little better at, but he's a rookie. There's, there's nothing wrong with saying, relax, he's going to be fine. But the way that young man hustles, the attitude, the fact that his effort doesn't change, irrelevant of score, irrelevant of record, there are so many things to like about Paris Johnson Jr. Am I crazy in saying I'd like to see what he does as a guard? Now, here's the catch. I think he's the best tackle. The te- I, I, I don't think DJ Humphreys is doing it this year. I think he's the best tackle on the roster. So I don't mind him playing right tackle anymore, or at all, for right now. But if you're really looking at the Cardinals, and I, I, I don't say this jokingly, as a Super Bowl team, meaning imagine what a Super Bowl team looks like. I don't think a Super Bowl team is necessarily paris johnson jr is a tackle maybe he continues to develop Uh, i'm the same guy that said max scherzer should be a closer because he was a max effort five inning guy strikeout artist and he flamed out every fifth inning with the uh, diamondbacks and he wouldn't be a closer i was all in on trading him to detroit all right bad opinion by me i was right for a year Right, Max Scherzer wasn't very good with the Tigers for a year. And uh, Ian Kennedy, who was in that trade from the Yankees, was fantastic for a year. So if you compare this trade over 15 years, man, that was a bad opinion, Doug. For a year, I nailed it! Once out of every 15 years, I crush it on Doug Franz Unplugged. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody else is right .08% of the time like I am. Or actually, I should say 8%, but 008 time. Anyway... When I look at this Paris Johnson Jr., I think on a play, a good playoff team, he's a guard. So I have no problem with him at tackle. But I'm wondering when you look in this draft, what are they going to do? This goes back to if you move on from Kyler Murray, this is off the top of my head, it's about a $40 million cap hit. And you lose out on either Marvin Harrison, who could make Kyler a better quarterback, or possibly packaging your picks, trading down, getting even more picks, and coming up for me with Alt out of Notre Dame. I'm the only guy that likes Alt out of Notre Dame more than the Penn State kit. I'm the only guy that does it. Well, I shouldn't say that. I said that once, and Bruce Cooper of Hanging with Coop every Tuesday at noon called me into his studio one time and said, Doug, nah, nah, i got to tell you, I, I'm i with you on John i I'm with you. Am I ever allowed to do my coop again? That was a good impression. Was it? Was it pretty good? I liked it. All right, all right. Do me a favor. Don't play it for him (laughs) today. I don't don't know if I want want Coop's reaction to that.
3: Oh, I I meant to tell you earlier, our our good friend Bobby Mack is going to be on their show today. Oh,
0: that's awesome. I texted him yesterday. He wrote his article in The Republic yesterday. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. Um, Big fan. Big fan, Bobby. That's awesome. Bobby Mack today. All right, all right. Uh, I, I'm jacked up. I might be really rude. Like, really. You talk about being incredibly self-serving. I might just walk in in front of the camera uh, today on hangout with Cube. Hi, Bobby. It's Doug. Hi. Thanks for coming on. And then walk out. <laughs> I think that would be just great television. Great television. You think Bruce Cooper would think it would be
3: great television?
0: I do think he would think it'd
3: be great. Oh,
1: okay,
0: Jeff would say it was terrible. <laughs> Jeff Schneider would say, "What are you doing? Well, this is a pro- this is a professional outfit. Come on." <laughs> Bruce would be like, hey, "It's Dougie. It's all right." Um, all right, here we go. Uh, what's next? Oh, this is interesting. I love this. Bobby Mack bringing the questions. This is a Bobby Mack question. Talking about you know you guys have wide receivers and and you don't use them. So why are running backs and tight ends catching everything? Is that a concern?
1: No, I, w- I think we need to get the receivers more involved. I would say this, you know, every game plays differently so I'm not a huge guy of, oh, well, this needs to happen or this needs to happen just because. Um, I think you need to be intentional and deliberate about what you're how you're trying to attack an offense or a defense. Um, so that's why when I talked to you guys yesterday, I didn't even know that's that. Truthfully, um, it didn't hit my brain like that as I'm watching it. You know, I saw us move the ball up and down the field. We got score more points in the red zone. That's what hit my brain and protect the football. Um, but with saying that, yes, you have to, all guys have to, You have. we have to maximize our guys' touches and opportunities in the pass game. And that's all 11 guys doing that together. That goes, eh, again, the, the O-line played well
0: against the 49ers. But the lack of usage for wide receivers is... Five to eight percent on the O line, not giving enough time for the routes to develop. Um, I would say it's. 15 to 20% on Kyler, we talk about it a lot. He's not good at pre-snap read, post-snap validation to know what the coverage is hiding what they're doing. They're just every every team disguises what they're trying to do. So you've got to be able to read it on your pre-snap read what they're about to do and then get the post-snap validation. Yes, I was right, no, I was wrong. They're actually in this coverage and being able to adjust. So about 15% of it's on Kyler. I'll say 4% is on the wide receivers for not getting open. So I'm going to ballpark it. I'm just making this up as I go. So that means I chose about 30% so far. I'm going to put 70% of it on Steve Kive and Michael Bidwell for choosing the wide receivers. Okay? You might say, Doug, you're only putting it on 4% that the receivers aren't open? Are they open? No, not really. But the reason why I'm not blaming them is because I don't think they're very good. If they draft Doug Franz, don't blame me for not getting open, all right? I I have one Achilles that works. That's why I'm not open, but I'm going to cash the paycheck. You're dumb enough to draft me. I'll run nine routes all day long, all day long. Time me in that 40. In a 40-yard dash, I guarantee I'll finish. Might need a rest area. You know the runaway truck ramps. <laughs> I might need an incline at the end with a with a long jump pit, so I can just bail at the end of the forty yard dash. But I'll finish. I'll get to the finish line eventually. So you you want to draft me? Go ahead. It's not the receivers' fault that they're not open because they're not good enough to be real life NFL receivers. That's on Steve Kie. Now. You draft good wide receivers and they don't get open? Okay, that's all on the wide receiver. What's wrong with your, What's wrong with you getting off the press? What's wrong with you at the top of your route? What's wrong with the way you sell it? What's wrong with the way you study film and know what the corner bites on? How are you being coached? Yeah, all of that matters if it's actual real-life NFL talent, all right? You look at some of the wide receivers that this team has. Hey, how's, how's Andy Isabella? How's Butler doing? How's that great draft you had where you drafted three wide receivers in a row in the middle of the draft and none of them worked out? That's a Steve Kime-Michael Bidwell issue right there. That's that's why they they aren't able to get it to wide receivers. I wish John, how, how great would it have been for Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon to say that? Well, Bob, the reason why we don't throw it to the wide receivers very much is because Steve Kime drafted a bunch of of, of I wanted to say bums, but I want to get personal. It's not Eddie Isabella's fault that he got drafted in the second round. You draft me in the second round, knock yourself out. I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Just give me a chance. Ace Ventura was on last night. I, like, I was telling myself, don't watch it. Don't watch it. I love the Ace Ventura. I do, too. That's I was trying to tell myself. I got work to do. Don't watch it. You know what? All men deserve this beatdown. If I'm going to give you know, a beatdown to Izzy for rubbernecking on his, um, when he drives and looking at car wrecks, I got to give myself a beatdown. Why do I flip around? Why? I know I'm going to find a movie that I either own or could inexpensively rent and just watch it without the commercials. And what do I do? Oh, there's a Star Wars on. Uh, Oh, Godfather's the worst. As long as it's not Godfather 3. Godfather 3, I'm totally immune to. I'm fine. But if Godfather or Godfather 2 is on while I start flipping, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't have time for this. Like, I get mad at the TV station for showing it. Because I know I'm trapped. All right, last one. Um, this is for Izzy. Uh, this is funny. The press conference almost, in a sense, ends. There's, a, there's a, a, a media titan. His name is Mark. And he tries to stop everything that's that's on a roll, right? So he jumps in. And, and very nicely, he says, Thank you, coach, trying to end press conferences. So he jumps in and says, Thank you, coach. And then Bobby Mack... Bobby Mack today, with hanging with Coop, is coming on, and Bobby Mack jumps in with a question, and then and then. Uh, Jonathan Gannon says, oh, go ahead, Bobby, go ahead. So it's kind of funny. They overruled the media guy, the media titan. And Jonathan Gannon says, I'm ready for Bob's question. And Bob's like, hey, we haven't even asked about the Bears yet. Now, it is funny. I have to tease Bobby Mack. Bobby, who's folded is it? Is it after a 10-minute press conference, so you haven't asked about the Bears yet. But I don't mind. You can wait till Wednesday because there's another press conference coming up tomorrow. So you could ask about the Bears then. But... He asks, hey, what do you see from Justin Fields? Because according to Bobby, Justin Fields is very up and down, which is totally true. Yet no head coach is going to say, yeah, we're going to prepare for the good Justin Fields and we're going to ignore the bad one. Or you're not going to say, well, actually, Justin Fields has been good the last two weeks and we know that means it's time to stink. So we're going to prepare for him to throw three picks. So we're really working hard on our interception blocking. Because we're playing Justin Fields. Could you imagine a coach being that honest? That would be absolutely hysterical. But anyway, here's his comments on Justin Fields and getting ready for Izzy's version of the permanent quarterback for the Chicago Bears.
1: Here's what I know about him. Um, he can make every throw on the field and when it's cold and rainy in Chicago like it's going to be. The um, wind doesn't matter because he's got a huge arm. He's extremely mobile. He's hard to tackle. Um, and his extension of plays is very productive. So when you got to play, when you have to design a plan for that type of skill set at quarterback, it makes it very challenging. So um, we got to do a good job uh, in the run and pass game run game where he's involved run game where he's not and then in the pass game is you got to mix your rushing coverage the right way to affect him because he can beat you when the ball comes out on time and he can beat you when the ball doesn't come out on time and um, you know there's some guys that can do that but he there's there's not a ton of them you know what i mean and he's one of those guys so and he's hard to tackle um i've been a part of games where he's broken six tackles on one play literally um so he's he's productive player that's a it's a weapon and he's hard to defend
0: so that's it for cardinals but i want to bring up now a comment that Izzy made and present it to Steve McCollum. He is the host of the main event with Dale Hellestray. That's every weekday morning from 8 to 10 here on WTSMTV.com. Here is... uh, you're good in a parade. Yes. I didn't know Thank that. Thank you. And,
5: and uh, as a female uh, contestant, uh, beauty pageant. Oh, contestant.
0: congratulations! Good luck on that.
5: Yeah. Uh, I, I hope you do well. Hey, it's 2023, man. We achieve your goals. What a
0: strange 2024 draft. It, when you when you look at the quarterbacks in this draft, because you think about the draft of you know, uh Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, you know, everybody thought, hey, there's here's great quarterbacks coming out, and yet they were Ofer on those three. The draft where Jake Locker and Christian Ponder were both early mm-hmm. draft picks, they were dead wrong. Yet Brock Purdy's mystery irrelevant and he's got a lot of MVP votes coming. So having said that, Izzy said today, stay with Justin Fields if you're the Bears in twenty twenty four. And that's so shocking. Nobody else is talking about that yet. This draft is loaded in so many different positions that are not quarterback. Mm -hmm. But most people think there could be four quarterbacks, at least three, taken in the top 10. Yet nobody has a consensus of saying clearly, that's the guy. So I ask you, if you're
5: the Bears, what would you do? Oh, yeah. No, I've been saying it. Justin Fields is not the problem in uh, Chicago. Uh, You keep him. You you need you he, he got the stability. Uh, their problem is coaching, uh, no doubt yep. about it. Uh, I think the, – didn't the Bears over the weekend announce that their offensive coordinator not coming back next year or something like that? I mean, are they considering it? Uh, their problem has been coaching. Justin Fields uh, can perform if given the right tools and put in the right situation and, and all of that. Me and Izzy have talked about it at length over the last uh, couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Fields is not that problem. No offensive line help. Uh, receivers can't catch a cold. I mean, you think the Chiefs have receiving problems. My God, Uh, at least you know it's just amazing how that goes. Uh, I don't just—I completely with having two top five picks. It looks like they're going to have absolutely not, man. You draft your highest need at one, uh, Martin Harrison Jr., and then uh, you go and at five you either trade down or you pick another draft uh, number there. Uh, The quarterback situation this year is going to be like that Drew Ponder or that Drew Ponder, that uh, Christian Ponder draft. It's going to be awful. It's not going to work out. Well,
0: then, then I ask you. 2024 draft for the cardinals probably picking at number three mm-hmm. maybe two maybe four but probably at number three if people are trading up to the bears pick to get number one or if the bears take marvin harrison let's let's say with that let's say uh, mm-hmm. you're thinking the bears take might, might take marvin harrison they need if, a receiver if they do
5: that what do the cardinals do at three trade down Okay. there there is no no matter. I'll even say even if Marvin Harrison Jr. Is there at three you trade down and you get multiple draft picks. There's so much depth at the top. Now, I wouldn't go down past 10. Okay. uh, but uh, there's so much depth in this top of the draft for other guys and guys are going to crawl over themselves for a quarterback that's going to be bad, uh, you know, uh, early in this draft. So you're going to be able to drop down and get some high quality depth. Uh, Cardinals need players. Uh, They need depth. They don't need a one guy that can come in and dominate. When you look at how many people from the 2023 draft
0: are either starting or contributing. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, the bar was low. Okay, The Cardinals weren't very good, so therefore you can hit average draft picks and they play. But... At least they're not getting cut like they did under the Steve Kye regime. With that, I so totally agree with you of trading down because if Monty Ossinfort proved to be a disaster in draft number one, Mm -hmm. I would certainly say give the guy more time. But I would say only draft best player available every time. Don't trade down because you need to be able to get it right. However, if he's this good at it, boy, I'd like to have him have multiple shots at the apple. Mm -hmm. And I think the team is so
5: bad do it again trade yeah. down like they did last year yeah i mean look it, you're gonna miss in the draft right everybody right. does uh, the greatest miss in the draft so why not have more chances to not miss that's the way i look at it especially in this posi- position now if you're the the you know the eagles and stuff like that you're just filling gaps at that point that's right, different. Right. when you're in the cardinal situation the bear situation man no just flood the market with all these young guys and hope Fifty percent of them turn out uh, and uh, and see what you can get. I, that, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah, I, I believe this is all the top of my head. You might be able to correct me. I believe Tom Brady was draft pick number one hundred. Uh, well, yeah. I, I know he was the sixth round, sixth and, uh, rounds, yeah. but I might be wrong on what yeah. the number was. But I know he was sixth round. So when we talk about misses, that still counts as a massive miss because if anybody had any idea what he was going to be, yeah. you would draft him number well, one overall.
5: I would even I would argue if you're drafting a court, Russell Wilson in the third round, right, right. Tom Brady. Brock Purdy, uh, those are lucky hits. Mm-hmm. You're drafting those guys not expecting anything from them and then they develop into something. Mm-hmm. Uh that 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 is just pure luck, folks. That there's no way the Niners went. You know who we need on this team? We need Brock Purdy uh, on this team. He's going to be a starter for us one day. They never once thought that. you know I know how that's yep. truthful is because they never gave him the time of day, even in training camp we're like, "Look, Kate, uh, go practice over there. We got Trey Lance and Jimmy G that's going to perform here. You you go I over will there." I
0: disagree with you only on this point cuz you're right in the sense of you never knew Purdy was going to do what he did. But at least you looked at the available talent and said, "I like him better than anybody else. I well,
5: like Brady better than anybody else. Yeah. But obviously, if you
0: liked him enough, Brady wouldn't be in the sixth
5: round. Well, that's the issue, right? So when you're taking a fifth, sixth, seventh rounder, you're taking a flyer yes, on. Yes, that's true. Uh, you know, maybe this guy could come in and be a special teams guy. Obviously, not a quarterback. Yep. yep. You're, you're guessing that this guy could come in and contribute. Look, you're when you're Mr. Irrelevant, you're Mr. Irrelevant because you're going to get cut. <laughs> they want you to come in because they don't want to fight for your free agency signing. You." Know? Mm -hmm. undrafted free agent signing and so they want you in your camp uh to see not what you can do can you for brock birdie's can you be a a, you know a practice squad guy for two three years you know that's all they're looking at him to do so those are no matter who you're in those rounds you're just looking for maybe we got a special team guy for a couple years that maybe can grow into something and that's why i say they're lucky hits right especially (laughs) a quarterback especially a quarterback what's uh what's coming up on the main event uh closing out the week in the nfl man just so much uh, NFL stuff out there. Uh, man, uh, t- celebratory day, Dale, uh, Doug. I don't understand, and, and Dale and I are going to give the proper, uh, you know, just respect and everything that it's just been mocked repeatedly. And I am tired, tired of it being mocked. But we're going to give the proper respect to the L.A. Lakers raising <laughs> their in-season uh, tournament banner last night. In dramatic fashion, we had the video. Uh, I had a correspondent there last night because, you know, I'm just tired of it. Man, this is this is unbelievable what the Lakers have done. And uh, we're, we're just going to just respect it beyond belief. I think you suggested this
0: first. I don't
5: know. <laughs> but I'm dying to know the truth. Did the NBA yeah. tell them, hang the band. I'll tell you, uh, it's even more fortified. If you watched that ceremony last night, that was completely run by the NBA. <laughs> right? They had the trophy out there. The players were didn't care. LeBron's like, mm-hmm. uh, Nobody cared about it at all. The fans were like, what? And then they brought down the thing. It's constric- it's completely constricted. The NBA I thought they should have brought the charity
0: go- the charity checks out. <laughs> the, the fake cardboard check and had everybody holding it up with a player's
5: yeah, name it's, on uh, What a joke. Joke that was you no know, rings for the tournament. Uh, 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 you know what? They're probably gonna do a ring ceremony coming up, too. <laughs> yeah, Actually, that's a yeah, good idea, right yeah. there. That, that's when you know the NBA is behind it, yeah. That's when they, they start getting rings. That's why,
0: yeah, it shouldn't have been rings, but I'm, I'm uh, like, I think the check presentation that the players would have been happy
5: yeah. with. Oh that. man, it's uh, yeah, so we're gonna give that uh, top of the show, we're All gonna right. give that the proper respect it deserves. So tune in, uh, we'll be there.
0: There's uh, Steve McCullum on the main event. Jeff Weir Production, I am, uh, I'm embarrassed by that. Jeff Weir Production just sent me a, uh, a text. We didn't do Town Hall Tuesday. Jeff Weir Production, I really appreciate that from you, but let me tell you something. It's not a we didn't do Town Hall Tuesday.
3: I appreciate you trying to take a bullet. I could have reminded you earlier, and I... No, 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 no.
0: I... I don't know what happened. I'm not necessarily blaming my phone because I know I did it. I've always told my wife, I will never forget when your birthday is. I will never forget when our anniversary is. I will almost always forget that it's today. (laughs) Just like, I know the date, ask me, when did you get married? I got married on June 1st. I know the date. I just might not realize today is May 31st and it's coming up tomorrow. I used to have a reminder that popped on my phone every Monday night at about 8 o'clock that said, it's Town Hall Tuesday. i like, oh! I don't know what I did that eliminated that reminder, but that reminder did not go off last night, and I never in a million years even looked at it, the fact that it's Town Hall Tuesday. Never even remotely looked at it. Guess what we're doing tomorrow? Man, am I a doofus. I feel terrible. But I forgot Town Hall Tuesday, so sorry about that. So there is no Town Hall Tuesday. Um, did you see this? This is this is a mess. I, for, I forgot to write down who it was, and I have I have to throw somebody under the bus here. So please give me a second. Uh, last night I took Cleveland minus the five at home against the Houston Rockets. Right? Cleveland minus five. Well. The game is close throughout. I am irritable, upset the whole time. Houston scores at the end of the of regulation, which I'm actually happy about, to send it into uh, overtime. And the reason why I'm happy about that is because I wasn't going to win. Cavaliers were going to win the game. But they weren't going to cover, and I would have got the game wrong. So I was upset about what happened at the end of reg- – or uh, upset about the whole game, but happy at the end of regulation when um, with about 35 seconds left, the Rockets made a free throw to tie it up. So that's a good thing. Now I have a chance in overtime. And in overtime, the Cleveland Cavaliers dominate the OT. So I'm, I'm going to win the game, and then, oh, no. Oh, no. It ends up that the uh, Rockets get it close, but luckily they keep fouling. They keep fouling. So we're good. Struss makes a free throw. Struss makes a second free throw. I'm good. I've got the lead. I've got an eight-point lead, Thirty five or 10 seconds left. Freaking Fred Van Vleet of the Rockets makes a three with seven seconds. Now it's up by five, so I've only got a five-point lead. Then there's a take foul, which means the Rockets get one, excuse me, the Cavs get one free throw in the ball. Nobody on the free throw line with him. Make the free throw. Cavs win by six. Doug is right. He misses the free throw. Strasstown misses the free throw. Now it's Cavs by five, and it's a draw, and I get nothing. I get nothing. That was just sick. So Cleveland wins the game 135-130. I get a draw, but don't worry. There's no way Anaheim is going to be able to keep it close with Detroit in the the other game. So I know I'm going to win. Anaheim wins Four to three. So the Red Wings didn't cover because they didn't win. So instead of having a split because of that free throw, I go 0-1-1 last night. Nothing, nothing in a million years more annoying than versus Vegas last night. Sorry that I dragged that story out, but I was dragged out with it uh, yesterday and frustrated by it. So anyway, tonight's game. Uh, What do I have for you today? There's one... um, I only like one game, and it's in the NHL, but I have it written down on the wrong sheet. So let me look it up, and as soon as I see it, um, I'll remember. Yes, Boston, the Bruins covering the one and a half. I get great juice against Minnesota. All right, whenever I can get the Bruins at plus 130, I think you run and you take it. So I've got the Bruins minus the one and a half on the puck line being able to win. For us as fans, keep an eye on St. Louis tonight because they're only a point behind um, the uh, Coyotes and they're on the road at Tampa Bay. I'm not playing this game. Because I don't like the juice. Ah, the juice isn't that. But you know what? I think the juice changed from when I looked at the game last night. I will take this uh, on the money line. Bad juice, but I'm going to also add Tampa Bay on the money line against the Blues. So if Tampa Bay wins and the Coyotes do what they're supposed to do against the Senators and they get the win, uh, wow, the Senators are favored? Why is that? There's something I don't know going on with the Coyotes. Why in the world are the Senators favored? I'm sorry that I'm giving you dead air right now. I'm just looking at right now the Coyotes on the money line are a minus 105. They're better than the Senators. This is clearly Vegas saying the Coyotes are playing well and a young team playing well always takes an off night against a bad team. History says Senators win. But you know what? I'm looking at that and saying the way the goaltending is going right now, I'm taking the Coyotes. So I went in tonight with one game and now I'm coming out of it with three, which is always bad. Never trust a Yahoo. This is why I'm the rookie. Uh, in the room but i'm gonna go tampa bay on the money line yotes on the money line and i'm gonna go boston minus the one all three hockey games and i feel good about it I feel, oh look the line just changed on sharks and kings as i was talking because man there's something going on today hockey wise i should have done the research but i don't care All right, that does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Remember, unplugged at whirlwind.com. And if you want something to eat, Burrito Express, Rosati's, uh, 100 Mile Brewing Company, or Bell's Nashville Kitchen, the original sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged. And any issues with your heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical, call 6022-REPAIR for Parker and Sons. The main event is up next. I'll see you tomorrow.